0: Following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
0: about this, cowboys? Yeah, go cowboys!
2: this is the
0: DallasCowboys.com
2: Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in
0: Frisco. The Dallas cowboys are like and now, your hosts, Brian Broadus. Jeff Kavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans, and David Hellman. It
1: is Thursday, April the 7th. It is time for another episode of the Draft Show presented by our friends at Miller Lite. I'm Dave Hellman. I'm joined by Kyle Yeomans and Brian Broadus. Jeff Kavanaugh is out in East Texas somewhere, I think. Yeah, Lake, uh, lake Caddo, right? Something like that. Hanging out. It's he, a beautiful, beautiful lake, though.
2: If Took you some see him R&R. out there.
3: Say hello. Ask him to a mock draft for you. I too, tried to get there. the.
1: I tried to get the invite. He didn't offer. That's yeah. okay. We will guide y'all through the next hour of draft talk. And guys, be honest. I'm. Um, I'm bored of of the talking points. I'm bored of the guard receiver Zion Kenyon Green Chris Olave Traylon Burks conversation.
2: You could. hear what he's saying there, brought us He doesn't love the draft. No, no I think doesn't I, love football.
1: No, no, no. He, no I'm going to take it another direction, Kyle, Which we will point out. Thirty visits are ongoing. Yeah. Uh, I, ironically, I think you know Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson were like here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh sure. Big time prospects continue to roll through the star. But what I want to do—it's not that I don't like the draft. I wanna I wanna go another layer deep because I feel like there's only so much we can say. You love it too much. I, I wanna get into the nitty-gritty. Good. At, I wanna start here at guard because just more than anything, at that position specifically, because like we we've covered the gamut with receiver and a bunch of these other positions. I wonder if we've given the guard position its due credit, considering how big of a need it is for this Cowboys team. So I wanted to talk to y'all about some of the other guys, uh, the guys that aren't at the top of the depth chart, whether that's uh, Darian Kennard, who we've talked about a little bit, or uh, Jamari Salier out of Georgia, who I don't think we've talked about at all on this mm-hmm. show. Um, if the Cowboys don't draft a guard with the 24th overall pick, I would just love to get a better idea of how y'all feel about the position.
3: I think, you know, when you – all these positions, when you dive into them, because I don't have that many f- – first-round grades. You have 20 guys on my first-round grade board. So now, okay, where are are the bulk of those other names appearing? And, you know, the the guard spot to me is is one of those positions that has a little depth from the rounds two, three, four. I think the fact that you have guys that were converted tackles that are projected to guards— you know, I think that adds to a little bit to the intrigue. Are you, you know, with the Cowboys, they're in a situation where they always believe in position flexibility. Can the guy do this? Can the guy do that? I would just rather, hey, find a guy, plug him in, and let him play. But yeah, this is this is a this is a group that I kind of feel like though that if you didn't get one in the first round, that you could find somebody. Offensive linemen are weird that way. That you know yeah the first round ones are great to have and Dallas has done a great job with plug and play first round guys but the second third round fourth round guys there might be one or two there that end up being better off than some maybe some of these first round guys we're talking about
1: and
2: it's it's tough to project cuz you mentioned kind of the position flex and i know that's a hated term around draft time but it's it's guys that are projected to be in a different position than they played in college. And you you mentioned uh, the the second level of guys. Outside of Green and Johnson, who, of course, played the guard position and did so effectively in college, the next four guys on my list are Ed Ingram, Tyler Smith, Jeremy Sawyer, and Darian Kennard. Those four, out of th- three of those four guys, played tackle in college, and that's yeah. Kennard, Smith, and Sawyer. So all three of those guys are making that, projected jump into guard they've maybe played it a little bit but it's tough to really tell just how good they're going to be and if they're ready to make that jump into the NFL and make the switch to guard at the same time
3: you know, I, I you know there's and I Kyle's absolutely right about that you know I, I also include a guy uh Justin Schaefer from Georgia is another guy that mm-hmm. I really really like. I know it's that, almost
1: like they won the national title or something. Yeah, but you, there's a, you know, there's I mean, two dozen of these. Yeah, He's a Senior Bowl guy.
3: Yeah, he started left. Uh, he started left guard for Georgia, and I, I'm, I'm just going to say the the names he has are absolutely right. Uh, Ryan from UCLA is another guy that's in there. We, talk, I mean,
1: we got we get a lot of questions about him. Can you just take me through uh, Sean Ryan really quickly?
3: Yeah, I think with Sean Ryan, he started left tackle for UCLA, and people project him to play guard. I mean, he's a mm-hmm. big guy, six five. He's, he's three twenty one. But you know, he'll they'll line him up at both tackle spots because they play unbalanced lines sometimes. I mean unbalanced is like if he's the left tackle, he'll line up on the right side. They'll just go heavy to one side of it. And but this is a massive guy that moves fairly well. I mean, his base I thought got a little narrow at times at run blocking. And he just like uses mass to try and get movement more than he will technique. And I think there's some bulliness to mm-hmm. his game, uh, you know, when, as a run blocker. And I think that's where you get a kind of, you kind of see like, okay, I, I get what he is. He's a big guy. He's going to bully you. Uh, but you know he can he can make blocks in space. There's a lot of times where you watch him get as a tackle. They run the screens. They do stuff where uh, he's a draw, and it's like he has to wheel on a guy and then push and then widen the guy. I mean he he there's there you know there was there was times where I thought that where you know he was a little bit high coming off the ball but other than that man again that's a big man that moves fairly well i think
2: he always looks under control is what yeah. i had as as my first note was he looks under control and for a guy that's 6 foot 4 320 pounds, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I I actually comped him to a a bigger Connor Williams, a a guy who played tackle in college, was really good in the run, was a guy who they put on the run a lot because in that spread offense at UCLA, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was doing traditional pass sets. It was mostly on the run, trying to get to the second level, utilizing athleticism, which he certainly has, And he was super aggressive at doing so. I mean, he was just overly aggressive sometimes, got a little headstrong, like you said, out of position. Uh, But that was mostly because he was just headhunting on the way to whoever he was trying to lock up on a block. But I I think for a guy who's a later pick, it, it goes back to what Brian was saying. There is value outside of the first round. At the offensive line spot, which bodes well for the Cowboys if they wanted to go a different
1: direction. 6'4", 321. Yeah. That's a big fella right yeah. there. Yeah. With, speaking of which, uh, right behind him, uh, another guy I don't think we've given – we haven't given his due credit is uh, Salyer, the other Georgia guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about him?
3: About Salyer, I, I, you know, he was the starting left tackle. So, you know, here you have – Sawyer and and Schaefer playing on both on the left side for Georgia. And when you watch them run the football, that's the direction they were going. And, uh, you know, I don't think that Sawyer is like when you start talking about body control and balance. But his athletic ability will surprise you. And the movement he has for 321 pounds is really, really impressive. You watch the Michigan game and all of a sudden he's handling both their defensive ends. And we're talking about those two cats as being first round. Mm-hmm. One of them talking about maybe going first overall. And there was some. There was. It was very frustrating to those Michigan edge players. To have to deal with Sawyer right here. I mean, this guy's got some stoutness to him. There was only one snap that I did see where Hutchinson used an arm over move on him, but other than that, boom, everything else was 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 great. He gets movement in the running game because of his mass. He's gonna overpower defenders when he comes off the ball. When he leans on you, mm-hmm. you know he's he's gonna get movement that way. And I I, I kind of felt like though that, you know, when he gets away from the line of scrimmage, this pass set and all that, everything was really, really Spot on uh, for him. So again, another one of those guys that doesn't get overextended, doesn't get out of balance. Uh, sometimes the body control, like I say, a little little iffy there, but not always. But uh, watch that Michigan game, and you'll be impressed by the way he's playing. He, that was by far my favorite tape that I watched. And then it was also interesting because
2: in that national championship mm-hmm. game, he took snaps at guard and yeah. tackle. He Alabama went game too, yeah, back and forth, mm-hmm. and uh, was a part of that that kind of mixture of guys up front for for Georgia one thing I noted against uh Sawyer and that's one of the reasons I knocked his draft stock a little bit it it looked like outside of the Michigan game he struggled a little bit against athletic edges mm-hmm. like the stronger edges that are a little bit slower off the snap he handled pretty much all the way through SEC play but against Kentucky and Arkansas yeah. and Alabama a couple times when it was the quicker guys off the edge he struggled did you yeah. see any of that as well no
3: I, you know it's funny because the, the the games that I was watching were the I went the to the playoff game and then the national championship yeah. game and because I was really interested because of Yu like you were talking about you know, with those defensive ends at Michigan, both those guys are pretty quick. You know, both yeah. of them get off yeah. the
0: ball, <laughs> yeah. and
2: that's I, the one that kind of provided me pause because yeah. I'm looking at him handling Aiden Hutchinson yeah. and David Ajabo, yeah. And then it, you go to Kentucky and Lewis Pascal or yeah. Josh Pascal, rather, Josh Paschal, good player, is
3: getting after him all yeah. the way through. So. Yeah. It was it was an interesting back and forth. That sometimes. was one of Pascal's best games too, by yeah, the way. If you want to watch a defensive end play mm-hmm. and you know, if you want to get an idea. But yeah, I, I kind of felt like though to me that that, you know, at that size and that weight, and I, I saw a guy getting away from the line pretty well. And yeah. so that that kind of just you know, I, I didn't see what you were talking about, but mm-hmm. you know, there's there's things you miss as you're watching these guys. So you guys are both way
1: north of a hundred players scouted you're looking at your board, and you just said yeah. you don't have any ones. So how many twos do you have?
3: Well, that's what I'm saying, though. I, if you look at my if you look at my twos, and it's Green, Johnson, Ingram, and Kennard are the guys that uh, I would say that would be my twos. And then the guys we just talked about, Sawyer, Schaefer. I like Mumford from Ohio State. I'm starting now in the third, and Ryan in the third. So I've got, if, if you really look at it, I've got eight guys in the first Three rounds. Well, yeah, eight guys in the first three rounds, and then another three guys in the fourth. So I've got plenty of guards when it comes down to this. Right there with you, four
2: guys in the second, Green, Johnson, Kennard, Ingram. Johnson and Green are one-two cheater grades Mm -hmm. for me, that that kind of one-two punch that we've talked about previously. I have eight guys in the first three rounds, but they're just different guys throughout. Sawyer's in there. Ingram's in there. Uh, and then I've got Tyler Smith, but I know he could probably be a tackle, guard, back and forth flex. Uh, Dylan Parham from Memphis is in that conversation as an interior guy. And then I've got Cade Mays and Andrew St- uh, Andrew Staber St- 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 Stuber 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 from is what Michigan. it is from Michigan. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how to say his name, but Stuber in the that borderline third round guys.
3: Uh, that are on the outside looking Lexus, in at the moment. There's a Lexus, I think I said it right, Lexus Smith from Virginia Tech is another guy. Lucidus. Lucidus, mm-hmm. okay. I'm, Senior Bowl guy. Yep, okay. remember him. Mm-hmm. Lucidus, okay. I'm, I'm, one day is I'm going to get these guys' names right. i will probably be never, but yeah, give him give I'm him I'm having trouble with this draft, too. Name yeah, wise. there's some some strange ones, too. They're and right. there's Cole Strange. Yep. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> See what
1: I'm doing there? Which, uh, Chattanooga, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Senior Bowl guy. No disrespect to him whatsoever. I we've gotten a lot of questions about him as well, but I just I get stuck in that mode where I'm like, if you played at an FCS school, I just gotta I gotta see you get drafted here to believe it'll happen.
3: <laughs> yeah, I you know I wasn't I, I had him in the I had him in the fourth round, and I I, I just kind of said like about him was. Kind of an old throwback or old-school player. He doesn't wear any gloves or hand protection on his hands. Oh, those are the
1: nastiest guys. Yeah, and
3: I, so, I mean, it's I said that's something you don't see very often. But, you know, he didn't appear to give up on blocks, and he stayed on his feet. And, I mean, good foot athlete on tape. I didn't see him on the ground all that much. But, you know, I mean, I thought finishing was pretty good. I thought he could climb his guy pretty good. Movement skills are good, but I, he's, he's just not very clean on some of the athletic pulls and stuff like that. It's kind of a little bit about watching Juergens, the center from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Everybody says, oh, this guy tested really, really well. And I'm like, yeah, but you watch the tape against Oklahoma. He's getting rocked a little bit. He looks out of balance. He looks, you know, he's playing on one leg. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, if you want to tell me he's a great athlete, fine. Well, there's a lot of Nebraska players, if you want to go through the history, that have always tested very well. And haven't played very well, you know. So that's kind of where. But if you watch the tape of him, the Oklahoma game is pretty eye opening. If that's something you want to do. So you just said eight guys, and I. Mean, so
1: I, I feel better about this than I did at the top of the show. But I think it's still fair to say. I would ima- I feel better about your options on day two at receiver than I would at guard. Sure. Yeah, you know,
3: and the thing about it is though, and you've got to remember this. That they had a second round grade on Connor McGovern. Yeah. A grade of one to one. Which that
1: scares the, sh- though, I almost said a bad word. <laughs> yeah. That scares the crap out of you, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
3: Well, just knowing that, just that plays to how scared you actually
1: are of this. Well, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about it, and, and rightfully yeah. so. I mean, they had a very high grade on him, and I think uh, one, he's two, entering, even
3: up on him. Yeah, entering
1: so th- a contract year, yeah. you would have to say it hasn't worked there, all, out there, all that there well. There
3: seems to be some thought that they might let him compete. Uh, against the center and see if, if in fact that he could be a center you know that's that instead of playing some guard but you know I mean we you know on my radio show yesterday we had the discussion about would you move would you move if you knew that Conor McGovern was a good right guard would you move Zach Martin?
1: yeah we talked about that here left. last week okay yeah, yeah. move Zach to left guard yeah, yeah yeah
3: so I mean the same thing I mean it's kind of Kind of crazy to think, but if you, you know, would it, we always think about get your best five on the field. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. We, we did. I, I'm, I'm just so torn by that idea because, hey, Zach, you're the best yeah. in the league at yeah. your job. You, you're the problem. You yeah. have to like flip it. Yeah. The old, the office space quote. Why yeah. should I change? He's the one that sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, but yeah. at the same time, you got to get your best five on the field. I
2: wasn't here for this conversation. Did you
3: say you would do that, Brian? Or I, You know what? I, would, I think I would
2: I, – you know, Or at I, least
1: entertain I, it.
3: Yeah, I think you'd have to ask, but I'm not – I wouldn't be like, why move a Hall of Fame guard? I mean, but if it meant that maybe that you could fix your position, I think you'd have to consider it. I, I want to. If I could ask you guys a question here. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we talked – I don't remember, like, say, the 30-visit things, I'm still trying to get my arms around the Charles Cross thing. Okay. Why he's on their list. Yeah, and I asked guys around the league and nobody was saying anything negative about Charles Cross. Like am I missing Charles Cross like uh beats up puppies or something <laughs> like that? Or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, is there something that is there something keeping Charles Cross from I mean, because every mock draft Every every one of them I've seen, he doesn't go lower than the top ten. And then yesterday we did an exercise again on my radio show where myself and Gavin Dawson were trying to trade up to spots, mm-hmm. and we were trying to figure out would it be worth your first and your second to go get a guy like Charles Cross, you know? And then we got to like around like the thirteenth or fourteenth pick, and then we stopped having interest mm. in what because we felt like that there were only maybe a couple of guys there but Charles Cross would be seem like the only guy that you would trade up for. Am I right about that? Of oh. uh, 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 say the 30 visit guys?
1: Of the okay, of the yes. guys on the list, um how big of a trade? I don't that's know. That's what I'm
3: saying. If you had to go to the Commanders, it's going to cost you your your first yeah. and your second. Yeah. If you're going, you know, it gets a little little better if you get down to like if you, you know, if you think he's going to be there at 13 14, mm-hmm. you know, that that's about where you probably are going to have to stop. Because everybody, I mean, there, there's a team at 13 that's going to use can use an offensive tackle. What Houston? Yeah. You know, do you have to jump ahead of Houston to make sure you have a chance at Charles Cross? Because there's there's three names on the list
2: that I'm looking at that you may have to go up to get, and that I completely don't think there's even yeah. a chance they slide the 24. Cross Lloyd. Cross, I wouldn't even say Lloyd. I, I no? w- wouldn't put him in that. Okay. A, maybe borderline, but uh, a lobby and London, maybe. I was thinking London and uh, Jordan Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis. Those were the three that, like, if I circled it and said, "I'm, I'm saying these guys are top fifteen picks," it would be Davis, it would be uh, Drake London, and then it'd be Charles Cross. Cross may be the top name out of those three. Yeah. So he also plays the most valuable position, probably. So there's even more so of a chance that he doesn't fall outside of the top eight.
3: If you told me that I drafted Charles Cross, I'd ask Zach Martin to move to left guard. That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. You know, because and you're putting Cross at right tackle. Yeah, I, you know what? And I'm sorry, uh I'm sorry, Terrence Steele. You become my swing tackle in week five when That's Tyron okay. Smith gets rolled up on. Yeah, misses three games with a high ankle sprain.
1: Actually, and well, in that case, yeah, Six in games. that case, Charles Cross becomes my left tackle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Exactly. Exactly. If if I were to draft a Charles Cross, I would I would ask Zach Martin to make the move. Okay. Because it, what I'm what I'm learning is about talking to my pro scout guys around the league the guys that are available, the guys that are available on the street, every one of these guys has issues. Oh, yeah, every one of these guys is talking about the Trey Turner. No, if you the look JC at Treaders,
1: if you look at the list of guys yeah. that are still available, it's
3: it's hardly inspiring. It, it makes I mean, the one there was one guy. there was one guy that my 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 uh, pro scouting buddies gave me as a name to maybe if to keep an eye on and uh, if I could pull it up real quick. Uh, it was a kid named uh, Trenton Scott from Carolina. He's evidently on the street. And he said, my guy says he's a swing tackle that played some guard, uh, watched the first Carolina game versus Atlanta. Uh, he just mauled the Falcons from what I was told. Big, physical, pretty versatile. But everybody else that I asked about, the Trey Turners and the other guys, everybody of them was like, they're all broken down. They're starting to decline. you know, That's the biggest fear of Stephen Jones is to buy one of these guys. Then all of a sudden, it turns into a Gerald McCoy or somebody like sure. that which
1: when you look at it again I don't uh somebody else went off the board yesterday I don't remember who it was but a veteran offensive lineman oh it was uh, Jermaine Affetti. Yeah Jermaine oh, Fetty yeah. signed yesterday and you look at the list and you're like okay I think it would have been smart for the Cowboys to do something earlier but at this point you're probably better off waiting and seeing see, what you get in the draft See
3: that's where I was kind of feeling like and and there's a, you know there's a bunch of rumors going around about the the little the wide receiver from Houston right that uh, the Cowboys and I'm going Brandon, Brandon Cooks Brandon Cooks You know, can you flip something to go get Brandon Cooks and does that keep you from drafting somebody at twenty four? You know. That's the thought right there, because if they make a Brandon Cooks trade, then I my gut my gut feeling is that they're gonna go another direction with this thing. That you'll probably be one of these offensive linemen. Without getting too far
2: specifically into the weeds on a guy like Cooks, but if you were gonna make a
3: trade like that, what would the price be? You're probably going to, I mean... You, would be you pr- like a third or a fourth? I think you have to, I think I would, you get all those fives, you know? Try and go get one yeah. of those yeah. up. I mean, well, well, you, you, try you
1: look at what Devontae Parker cost the Patriots, and then you hear that the Cowboys called about it, and yeah. it didn't get done, so you assume you they're... You start there and go you lower. You start lower than a third, yeah. probably. Yeah. I'm looking at Cooks' contract. So, Cooks is under contract for what? two? Uh, one, two, One more season. Yeah. One more season. I so b- oh no, he's be. got void years on his deal, so I mean, you can keep him around. Uh, so it'd probably be like a fifth or fourth.
2: See,
3: that's what I'm saying. If you if you offer a four, and then you say, or you maybe even try one of those fives, four and a five, maybe or just a five. I mean, I think maybe if you offer a couple of fives. You know, you got four of them. That's true.
1: But, but, you know, I was. For his age and the amount of time he has left on his contract, I sure wouldn't offer a whole lot more. Yeah, no,
3: that's what I'm saying. And, and, you know, we had Todd Archer on yesterday, and and he was talking about that. And he goes, Last year, I would have never believed the Cowboys make 11 picks. But when you look at Stephen Jones and you look what he talks about with the cap, you know, they need all these guys to play. They need Quentin Bohannon to play. They need Golston to play. They need all these guys to play. You know that's that's what they that they they would rather draft use every one of those picks to try and 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 you know keep their salary cap stuff in line.
1: Real quick before we go to break, do you think something like that is coming down the pipe before draft day?
3: What the trade just, for a receiver? Any Some move any,
1: really? Yeah, anything that would kind of shake hopeful, up the I was, situation. I was
3: hopeful that they would identify a young guard that's probably stuck in the back end of somebody's roster that they could do they could take one of those fifths and movie probably be a player that we'd have to Google. yeah and then the pro guys would all be like, no man, that was a great pick right. That was a great job by the Cowboys. I was hopeful they would do that so it' kind of protect them a little bit uh, for what's going
2: forward. I, I think it's hard to believe that they would go into April 28th and not have anything else happen.
3: Like I know that it sounds possible. Well, they because did of the way they, were... they did it with Washington. They did it with Washington. They did it with Vlayton Vanderesh. I think yeah. they've made some some signings that they're not totally married to. Yeah. You know, if one of these defensive ends comes along and Fowler is not what he's you know, not, not what he's supposed to be, boom. You just move on. vanderesh move on. Washington, move on. You know. Yeah, I just I mean Cooks I've... Cooks to me would be a guy that if you traded, he's gonna make your team. And then now maybe that takes you into not having to worry about a wide receiver, one, two, maybe even three. Yeah, it would. I mean, I, I think they
1: need to do something. Like I said, the guard market hardly looks inspiring, but it, it feels like there's work left to do. So I yeah. guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. We ran a little bit long, but we're going to try to rapid fire as many of your questions as possible uh, when we get back.
3: This is Chad Hennings, former cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits, a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more.
0: That's choose.va.gov. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. This is is the
1: DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the Draft Show presented by our friends at Miller Lite. We're also presented by Liberty Tax. Uh, it, it's not funny anymore. It's a, it's a week away. If you yeah. haven't done your taxes, please do your taxes. Don't get don't get the IRS on your tail. Go to LibertyTax.com slash Cowboys. Take care of that. I know I did. Uh, guys, it's the second segment. Jazzy J, can you hit the drop for me, please?
3: Twitter, Twitter on the 20.
1: Twitter. Try to get to more of these than we did last time. I think we only three. I'll try and three. be uh, less answers. but Shout out to Justin. I loved your question about trading up, but I feel like we kind of answered it there in the first segment. You want to go
2: ahead and answer it just for cut and dry reasons? Go ahead and knock it out? Well,
1: I mean, it would be Charles Cross,
2: right? I think it would be for Charles Cross, yeah. It would either be Cross or Jordan Davis for me. Those yeah. are the two. Yeah.
1: You would give up 24 and 56 to get Jordan Davis. Mm, that that was the that's question. the question? That was the question. Oh, that's a little different. Yeah, probably just cross. Which I did
2: the math. Jordan Davis is great, but I don't know if I want to give up 56.
1: Those two picks would get you up to like the 14th or 15th pick. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, then no. Unless something—I mean, if if for some, you know, if Kayvon Thibodeau hates football enough that he was still hanging out at 14, may, you could maybe convince me that was worthwhile. But I think awesome. Charles, I think Charles Crosses Kayvon right Thibodeau
2: answer. and Demarcus Lawrence on opposite sides of the offense, defensive line together. I can Ooh, think of worse think
1: things. Of
3: the guy Stingley had a nice workout yesterday. Yes, he did,
1: I, didn't he? I was going to talk about him in the first segment. I was like, do we need to? Like he he ran his way out of the conversation with well, the Cowboys. Well, You knew he was
3: going to run his way. The yeah, question, the questions was the health mm-hmm. and the questions were does he really love football and when we talk to our friends down there in Baton Rouge they tell us listen he just needs a big brother minnesota seems to be a really now that patrick peterson's resigned in minnesota if the Vikings were to draft Derek Stingley, I think that would be a great pick for them. Twelve
1: Trayvon, <laughs> Trayvon Diggs could be a big brother.
3: Yep, no, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely.
1: And no, that I'm would kidding. Be but fun. No. And and those questions still remain. Yeah. But when he can go and what he said yesterday he's only worked out for three weeks yeah. since he got healthy and yeah. he ran a four three seven and had a thirty nine inch vertical. Mm-hmm. All of those questions like, are still there, and he's still going to be a top 15 pick. I can't imagine this. he would slip a whole hell of a lot further than that.
3: Have you watched Sauce Gardner play at all? Yeah. Is there a chance that he's the best player in no, the draft?
1: No, we've talked about that before. Yeah, mm. I mean, yes. Oh, we have? Yeah. J- I mean, I'm sorry, I'm I old. I don't, I don't know Not if that specifically, but that's... I don't know if he's the best player in the draft, but. He's comfortably—he sh- he should be a top-five pick. I think I said that last yeah. week. Like, if he gets—if the Giants don't take him with one of their picks, I just think that would be dumb, especially if they're really interested in moving on from James Bradbury. Yeah. Do you have him as the top player in the draft? I was just—no,
2: I
3: don't. But I was just curious <laughs> that, like, but to me, he's one of those guys because we've talked about Walker. I mean, yeah. Walker—there's yeah. nobody in this draft process that's made more of a rise— Remember when we first started? It was Walker was the pick at twenty four for Dallas. Then mm-hmm. Walker became the pick for the Ravens at fourteen, and then Walker became the pick for the Lions at two. There's nobody that has risen up draft boards faster than this guy. Which to
1: go back to the cross thing real quick, I just and I doubt it because we of need the, to get to your question. I, I know we do, but I doubt it because of the position that he plays. But the thing with Walker too, yeah. Uh, we keep talking about how much variance there is in this draft yeah. and just maybe there's just no consensus on these there's guys there's no
3: consensus and, and, and so
1: maybe like maybe it wouldn't be shocking if somebody like charles cross falls to like 17 yeah. i well, don't know
3: well there's going to be a lot of guys and gals in rooms where you can't drive a nail up their rear it's going to be that <laughs> Seriously, it's going to be that kind of draft, at least for the first. I think for the first round, yeah. probably for thirty-two teams, yeah. or I
2: guess thirty teams, because because you
3: got it, you got to you got, got, got to identify some hurt players. You got to do- identify players with some maybe some questions about off the field stuff. There's players that you know maybe don't fit the profiles because of height, weight, speed. It's going to be a, it, this this draft has a real potential when we look back of maybe being really busty.
1: Mm. Yeah, well when it's not sexy at the top, I yeah. think that has that's yeah. possible. All right, r- rapid fire. Brevity brevity's the soul of wit, guys. Let's try to get to some of these. Chris is worried about the depth of the tight end position in the sense that once the top 2 or 3 go, there's not a lot left. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like you might have to draft a tight end like around early in this class? Mm, I I don't think so.
2: I think there are a couple tight ends there that are decent, but it, it kind of goes back to what Brian's talking about. They were either hurt or they're one trick ponies, and that's the the thing. They do something really well, but that's really about it. Because you've got Trey McBride, who's the most complete guy, probably at the top of my list. Then you've got the Greg Dolchich from UCLA, Jeremy Ruckert, who's a thirty busy guy from Ohio State, Kate Otten, who I know Brian's been very good or yeah. very high on with out of Washington, and then Isaiah Likely. Uh, the Jelani Woods for Virginia are yeah. kind of those second-tier guys for me. Mm-hmm. But they do some some things very, very well. And then you've just got a bunch of receivers, too, yeah. uh, along the way that you can maybe go at. So it depends on what you want for tight end. If you're looking for a blocking guy or all-around guy, I can see the concern. But I think there's a guy that can do what you need them to do, and you can get them in the later rounds as well.
3: I think this is a really rare tight end draft in the way of guys that are like six seven. You know when you start mm-hmm. to talk about guys like with you know with Cole Turner was a guy at Nevada I'd watched I really really liked him a lot. Kohler from Iowa State, there are six, guys, seven. yeah there are guys on this draft that are very much that hard to cover because they're so long. When all of a sudden you, you got safeties and linebackers, corners trying to cover these tight ends when you watch them and they're six seven and they extend, you're slapping their wrists. Yep. You know your forearms. You're not you're not getting to the ball. And that's what makes a lot of these guys interesting. I think it's it's actually a pretty good list. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's any glass eaters as blockers here. But I will say that there's guys that do, they do catch the ball very well. So if the Cowboys don't spend
1: a top 100 pick on a tight end, Saturday comes around, you feel pretty good that somebody I feel like find you like yeah, to there? Somebody. Yeah. Okay. I mean,
3: there's still people. I mean, I know we, 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 we all love Bucky Brooks and stuff like that. He still has Weidemeyer in his top five. I'm not taking Weidemeyer out, out of my mix either. I, I mean, I, I've, I've Cowboys watched... Cowboys seem to like him. Yeah, I've watched, too, here. I've watched too many games of him playing against LSU and... Alabamas and the Ole Misses and the Auburns. You know, you figure it out. It, do you not like football? Do you not like working out? If you get, in, if you, you know, are you going to be this way? Because he's too talented of a guy. He yeah. really, really is.
2: Yeah. And he, it, I mean, that's the ultimate trusting the tape. Have yeah. you watched Chigozum Okonkwo from no, I Maryland? Have I have not.
1: I've uh, gotten a few questions about him over a, the he's last He's a little few
2: bit weeks. smaller than some of these other guys Brian's mm-hmm. talking about. He's six foot two and a half. 240 pounds, ran a 4 forty. He had a 32-and-a-half-inch vert- – or actually, 35-and-a-half-inch vertical. I think he could be one of those kind of hybrid H-back sort of guys that – Fits a role in a modern NFL offense that you can put him in the slot if you really wanted to. He's a decent blocker. Not super versatile in his pass-catching ability, but he gets separation and he gets open as a tight end. I like him in the, the later day three conversation as a depth piece in this draft.
3: I'll I tell you that's a good scouting report on the guy. I, I, I personally don't think they're going to extend Schultz. I don't either. I I think this was the one year to just to kind of uh, hold it over over and give. They need a year to get this guy up to speed. Yeah. Well, they need a year to kind of help Dak, too, because you blow out Amari Cooper, Mm -hmm. and now you got banged-up receivers and stuff like that.
1: Uh, This person's name is UC Analytics, so you'll be shocked to hear that he wants to know about Drake Jackson the Southern Cal edge.
3: Yeah, Drake Jackson.
1: Just how Jake, you view him as a player. Yeah,
3: Jake, uh, he's making a lot of visits when you start to – I think that they were tweeting out that he had 12 visits set up. And interesting guy, 6'3", 254 pound. He plays really as a stand-up outside linebacker defensive end. And I thought he was a kind of a slippery guy. When I mean slippery, that ability to – like when you can rush inside, outside – but, I mean, his ability to redirect, I think, is outstanding. There are plays where he appears to be out of position, and then, boom, he's right back in that. So, uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys, I thought, too, that could kind of capture the edge with the first couple of steps with the quickness, lower the shoulder, work past the tackle. He fights pressure on blocks. He's got some uh, relentless traits to his game. and But... I also feel like there's times where though he'll struggle to disengage, and where guys can kind of get on him, and he's gonna he's fighting that again. I say he fights pressure, but he just when you really need him to get off the thing. You he, think that's a size thing? I I don't. I was
2: asking. I was gonna ask the yeah, same
3: thing. Is it strength? Yeah, I think it's more about his strength. Yeah. But you know, I mean, if he he's got the length to be really better at this, and but there's times like I say that. He just does it. But his movement skills are really, really impressive. He's crazy athletic. I yeah. mean, ultra-athletic. He didn't run anything
2: at the Combine, which is a little unfortunate. His his jumps were good. Um, however, I, I'm with Brian, the strength just doesn't look even existent. I mean, he looks like he just does not have that extra oomph yeah. whenever he gets to the point of attack. And that scares me a little bit for a guy who's going to be projected as that 3-4 outside linebacker, off-the-edge sort of guy. Twelve teams. <laughs> a lot of guys are Just looking at him. Yeah. Where do
1: y'all have him? Third. I have him in the third round, late third. Yeah. yeah. Uh, buddy, uh, f- a friend of the show, our buddy Yuma Cactus. Mm-hmm. Nice. You start to feel comfortable with ja- drafting Justin Ross, the Clemson receiver with the neck injury.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I, I haven't got any report from I mean, anybody heard that name since
1: like February. Early February.
3: There's so many receivers in this class; it's easy to forget about them. I'll tell you what. I watched. Uh, I watched the pit cornerback last night against Clemson. We're gonna. We're gonna get to him. And then and then Ross was. Uh, he was part of that. But, yeah, I think to me with with Ross, I mean i I was super impressed with him. And and I think the reason I was impressed with him is that. He could play in the slot. He could play outside. The coach is trying to get him the ball quickly and let him go because I think he can make things happen. And he's going to find ways to make plays. And I, I think there was for a guy that's kind of thinly built at 6'4", 205, He's got that ability, but you don't see him get knocked off his feet very much carrying the football. So, I mean, I, I saw him get his feet down in some tight spots. He could go high. To, you know, there was a, if you watched the Syracuse game, there was one, and I mean, it was amazing how high he got off the ground uh, to make this play. So I thought he caught the ball really easily and the concentration, all that. And again, the 2020 season with the neck injury, that's the thing you're going to have to look at you're going to have to say, well, are we are we comfortable taking a guy that potentially something could happen again? Or uh, are we going to ride this thing out and see what happens?
2: Does yeah. it hurt his stock in the fact that he ran a 4.64 at his pro day and had a 31.5-inch yeah. vertical, which would have been the next to lowest in the combine numbers? I just, you know, it's funny. That He's banged I, up. I get it. but
3: Yeah, I just the, – the thing about him is, man, I, I kind of feel like, though, I'm not asking him to be a first- or second-round player. no. But I mean, when you start to talk about those third, fourth round guys, there's just too much. Like I said, I didn't. I, you can see it on film. I said he doesn't show great time speed, but there's some initial quickness off the snap. So you know, that's that's kind of where I think this guy is as a player. That that you can you, you know he's going to get with somebody that's probably a pretty good team. They're going to figure out you know like oh you could throw the ball. He's reliable. He can catch it on third down. Great hands. Great hands. Yeah, there's 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 places for guys like that. I mean. I'm not seeing the guy like a Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen didn't run great coming out of Cal, uh-huh. but he catches he catches every damn ball, you know not that like kind a 12 of twelve foot stuff. wingspan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: which so is that? I mean, fourth round. Like this is Third. one of those situations where you're just like, at what point? Like if he's still on the board, you're just like, we're taking this well, guy. The, Why the, is he the, still the, here? The
3: speed and the medical is probably going to put him in the fourth round. Yeah. But but somebody when we, we're gonna be working on the draft and someone's gonna take him and we're gonna say all the positive things that we just said. As a player,
2: he's a top one hundred guy. Yeah. With the with the measurables and the medicals, I I, I can't take him in the top one hundred comfortably. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if he's sitting there in the fourth round and yeah. you're you're coming to one twenty nine or whatever the pick is. I wouldn't be against that, especially if you
1: hadn't res- drafted a receiver to that point in the early rounds. We, I don't want a list of names. We know who they all are. Uh, Nicholas wants to know specifically, if Tyler Linderbaum were to happen to be their first-round pick, who are you specifically targeting on day two at guard and receiver? The guys you would want, not options.
3: Well, it, you're probably going to lose... You could probably. We talked about every one of those guards. Yeah. I mean, we we, we went through. Every, you're not going to have in day two. You're probably not going to have Green or Johnson to deal with, unless you trade it up. Unless you trade Which, it up. So, but, knowing but, that, who like if you're we in said, the we, dr- if, we said every every guy there the, the you know mm-hmm. me. I know, but who would
1: you be like if you're Out in the room guys. on Thursday night? You're like, okay, this is who I'm. This is who I'm. T- kind of like they did with Kelvin Joseph last year. Honestly. I would probably
3: take Ingram or Kernard. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking. Was Kennard. Yeah, because I, I would take Ingram or Kennard. That's
1: the. Na- those are the names you would circle.
3: Yeah, I would try and go trade up. Let's say Salyer. I mean, is another guy. Schaefer's another guy I mentioned. I mean, th- those are all like those are third round guys. But if I'm I'm talking about like Ingram, Kennard. those are second round guys on my yeah. board. If you took Linderbaum
2: first, it's say, it say it solves your your center position. Your guard spot still a glaring need yeah. at that point. I would want. If you wanted to stay put, I would say Kennard probably in that spot. He's perfect there. If you wanted to look at a Zion Johnson, let's say he falls to 35, 40 in that range. Mm -hmm. Maybe package a fourth-round pick, go try and get up there. I don't know if it would take that or it take a little bit more. I would maybe go try and grab it. And then your offensive line's set. Then you can go figure it out the rest of the way and go play. You're blocking for Dak Prescott. You're blocking for Ezekiel Elliott. Take it and run with it. Go with get Lindbrom and go get Zion Johnson. But it would take one of those guys to fall. If not, I wait for 56 and pick up a canard.
1: Part of me wonders if they were to draft Linderbaum if they just say – He'll help whoever plays left guard, and we can deal with that later. Sure, uh, mate. So here's here Connor McGovern, here's or your Ma- shot. or 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 go sign I, a guy. I, I, I would be interested. Who's sitting on the street? Yeah, I'd be
3: interested to see really what happens in that second round if it's a defensive player. Yeah, I would. I would keep. I'd keep that Sam Williams in mind. I think. Mm. I
1: think he's.
3: I, I just there's and it's a hunch. Yeah. It's just yep. a hunch. Oh, but. We,
1: we always say that. It's always a hunch, but yeah. it, it's at least an educated hunch. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean,
3: I, I, could see, I, could see, I could see Dan Quinn saying, yeah, I understand the guard or offensive player, whatever you have to do in the first. I could also see that, you know, I could also see Mike McCarthy. We had this discussion yesterday on radio. If Mike McCarthy takes over the play calling, say, in the year, during the year, something happens and he ends up, it's, maybe this team is going to have to win games because of defense. And I could also see Mike McCarthy saying, Dan, who do you got in mind? Who do you got in mind mm. over there that can help us? You know, I mean, it might be about, you know, if you look at efficiency numbers, if you're nerdy like that, ninth best offense, first best defense, it might turn into Mike McCarthy saying, listen, I've got to find a way to to win on defense, but also I've got to kind of rein in and figure out what I have to do with my quarterback. You know, yeah. that might be something that, you know, I mean, we talked about help Dak, but You know, it might turn into Mike saying, "Listen, if I could get good defense, I can do what I have to do, running the football and things like that." Very
1: quickly before we go to break, ugly base guy just wants to know what your grade is on Daniel Falele, the massive Minnesota tackle.
3: I've got him in third round myself. I used to. He's my first guy in the. uh, For the the, the, matter of fact, I've got him as I look at this right now, uh, pinning and Raymond in the second. And then he would be the, the top guy in the third round with Lucas uh, from Washington State, uh, Petit Faree from Ohio State, and then Tyler Smith would be my guys in that third round. I would put him in the second round,
2: late second, though. Not anywhere close to 56, but I, I like his... His demeanor. I like his frame. I think he relies on his size a little bit too much because he kind of gets clunky with it. We talked about that a little bit on Tuesday. Uh, But he's got good balance along the way, too. So if he's set and he's not moving a ton, I think he's a good player. But that's that's about second round, late second round worthy for me.
1: Even more quickly, I meant to bring up Abraham Lucas from Washington State yeah. in that conversation in the first segment.
3: Yeah, he's a right tackle for Washington State. And I think this is one of those guys you need to kind of know, 6'6", six, 3'15". Six, mm. He tends to catch blocks and kind of control his guy with his upper body strength, but his footwork is really, really, really good. Yeah. He can... You know, he he, he 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 can be driven back a little bit, but not to the point where you're like, "Oh, gosh, he's getting knocked back every damn time." But there's a really good physical side to his run blocking, the way he gets movement one on one. I would say he's a, a really effective drive blocker, and there's some finish to his game. I didn't feel like there was, a, you know, he wasn't the best puller and stuff like that. And you're talking about the clunkiness a little bit with yeah. maybe with some other guys. But man, I'll tell you what—you watch, you watch him against USC and Jackson. Jackson didn't sniff, not nice. didn't even sniff. So if you like Jackson, don't watch him against Abraham Lucas because yeah. he's gonna he's gonna make you uh, make you not want to like him.
2: I watched that USC game and then I watched him against Thibodeau and, and against Oregon too because mm-hmm. he, I mean, Pac-12 has some edge rushers yeah. sure. and he mm-hmm. stood up very well. Absolutely, and he's experienced, crazy experienced because they throw the ball a lot. Yeah. So he had over 2,100 pass snaps during his time in Washington. That's a lot of of experience in the later
1: rounds that you could maybe get a great value for. I'm feeling a lot better about the offensive line depth than I did. That's what Brian does. I did. You too. It makes you feel better. You too.
2: He makes me feel better, so I'm just trying to pass it on.
1: As always, thank you so much for your questions. We've got Tell Me More when we come back from this break
0: football season is almost over and that means tax season is here with it comes taxiety filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner don't let taxiety take over this tax season liberty tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back with more than twelve thousand tax professionals nationwide help is always around the corner check out liberty tax proud partner of the dallas cowboys schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com cowboys liberty tax a brighter way to do taxes at smoothie king
1: This is the DallasCowboys.com
0: draft show.
1: Welcome back to the draft show presented by Miller Light, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys, the only beer of Jeff Cavanaugh. Woo. Registration is now open for Dallas Cowboys Youth Football Dance Academy and Lil Miss Camps. Save twenty five dollars with early bird pricing when you register by May 9th. Ninth camps are available at AT&T Stadium and here at the Ford Center at Star in Frisco. Hmm. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash Academy to secure
3: your spot today. DJ's top 50, Daniel Jeremiah. Sure. He's got Charles Cross at 23. See, See?
1: That's my point. Which. And that's not to say you're wrong Whoa. or not like Daniel Jeremiah could be wrong I'm not like he also has Tyler Linderbaum at 32. Like, yeah. I mean dude these these rankings are all over the place and I just think I think we'd need to be prepared to be surprised by
3: the order that some
1: of these names go uh, maybe
3: they know something about Charles Cross. Like again, maybe I, I, is it a medical thing? I don't. I don't think it's a medical thing. He kick, I,
1: he kicks puppies, like you said.
3: Yeah, maybe something's going on there. But I'll tell you <laughs> I, what, if hope, Dallas,
1: I don't if, think he does. That was a if, joke. If, I know. While well, I was talking to the audience, if, if, so to if, Dallas,
3: sure. if Dallas has a chance to draft him, man, I will tell you what, go for it.
1: I would feel great about that. I pick. would too. And again, young
3: athletic tackle
1: figure a guard out. That's, I mean, that's fine. Uh, this segment is designed to not talk about first round draft picks, we're trying to inform you on the later round guys. So that's what we're going to do. This is Tell Me More backed by popular demand. And I, this is this is a name among like day three kind of guys, guys that aren't big time prospects. I've seen this dude's name more than anyone, and that would be. DeMarco Jackson, the linebacker out of Appalachian State, please tell me more. So he first
2: caught my eye at the Senior Bowl because he was. it was at the end of the day, and I can't remember which coaching staff. It was either the Jets or the Lions. I can't remember which one. They wanted to do one-on-ones, which makes me think it was the the Lions coaching staff. They wanted to do this one-on-one big showcase at the end of the practice to kind of put Mono mono, running back versus linebacker. Bill Jason
3: Garrett thing. Yes. Yeah, the Oklahoma Co- compete drill. It, it was. Period. Right. Yeah,
2: complete. Compete, and it was Damon or Damon Pierce that was the Florida running Florida back? running yeah. back who was just tearing up the field in Mobile. And the first guy that raised his hand, what even selected? You you know how they normally mm-hmm. pull a guy out. He ran up there initially. They didn't even say anything because I was on the front row, would have heard it. Went up there, and it was DeMarco Jackson to Mm -hmm. take on Pierce, who had had just a great practice. The competition side of that was as entertaining as anything I saw all week long. He came up, and he was the, the hammer not the nail. Came in and just straight up flattened Pierce on the first one, took him to the sideline on the second one, pushed him out of bounds, and then the third one, he stopped him behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. In an Oklahoma drill, that's hard yeah. to do, and that was the first time I really
3: saw him compete, and I, I really enjoyed watching it. This guy's super aggressive. He's super tough. He's yep. going to fly around. Uh, he's an outstanding finisher, and I, I think I think Kyle's got him right. I, I think the what you watch him play, he closes on the ball really, really yes, he well. Does. He covers a lot of ground. Uh, you know when you when you look at him, there was some there was a couple of times I think it was the Louisiana game I was watching, and they went for it on fourth down, and he made like both stop. You know I Oof. mean it was like it was met in the hole, running back going nowhere. Uh, he's got a real nose for the football. He doesn't get fooled when it comes to making plays. Um, I love the way he attacks. I mean his quickness forces ball carriers into panic mode. There's times when he's rushing and the quarterback you could see the quarterback's thinking about getting rid of the ball and he's on him so quick that he hasn't have time to do it. So this guy is a super, super impressive player with some athletic ability. Is it size that hurts
1: his grade? Or? He's
3: six one. He's two thirty three. So not really. Nothing no, really. He's no, actually, right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know why more people don't like this kid.
1: That's I'm because
3: he the can, way y'all
1: are talking about him. I'm like, well, okay, so draft no, him at eighty eight.
3: No, he's he, he very well could. I
2: would be okay with that. Yeah. Okay. He, this yeah. guy.
3: I mean, like I say, you you talk about somebody that can actually run, cover, finish. Mm-hmm. This kid's you know linebacker at that at that height and weight. I think you're getting a pretty damn good player. I agree. I just I trust Appalachian State. They they put out gritty football players. It may just be the fact
2: that he played in the Sun Belt and the yeah. fact that he didn't go up against they, possible uh, Appalachian but State didn't really play anybody. Usually some of these like lower mm-hmm. competition level guys like a a Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. He had sure. great tape against yeah. Sen- Tennessee and against yeah. SEC teams
3: along the way. Demarco Jackson didn't really get a chance to do this that. This kid could have played in the ACC. I agree. He could have played. Yep. You know he could have played it. I mean, he could have played it at a Duke or, or somebody like. that. That a North Carolina State, somebody like that, very well could have. Okay. Moving
1: over to the Big 12. Although, I mean, love that though. I'm count me as a fan. I'm gonna go find his tape. Eric Eric Izukama, wide receiver out of Texas Tech. You've Mm -hmm. probably seen his name linked to the Cowboys. Tell me more. Slot guy, Texas Tech, extremely productive last couple of seasons. I mean, he
2: really kind of burst onto the scene in 2020 and the COVID-shortened year because he was really all they had in terms of a, a receiving threat. And, uh, I mean, that's a Texas Tech team that really struggled for a little bit on offense. He was as crisp and clean as anybody uh, on that entire roster. Good catch radius, goes up and gets the 50-50 balls. And for a guy in the slot, that's kind of rare because normally if you're playing in the slot or at least the early days of the slot, you're you're more of a separation guy. He gets that sometimes. But most of his big wins were when he was going into traffic and and going up and making the grab and and showing a little physicality as well.
3: I'll tell you what, man. Tech has an offense where their guy's just wide-ass open. People bust (laughs) coverages all the time. The Texas-Oklahoma State games are a couple that I watched with this kid. And I think Kyle's got him right. He's got super strong hands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were times in the Oklahoma State game where he was double covered down on the goal line and just went up, and like Des Bryant, like snatched a ball off the top of this guy's helmet. And then the guys were swiping at it, and he just, no, I'm not going to let you have this one. But I mean, for, I mean, he's 6'1, he's 209. He ran a ton of routes where he had space, though. I mean, like mm-hmm. you say, there's those crossing routes and things like that. But he's like a physical ball carrier too. Like when the ball's in his hands, like he's trying to run over people on the sidelines and stuff like that.
1: When you got, you know, and uh, Kyle, you're absolutely right. Like Mm -hmm. slot receivers have changed so much. It's ironic we're talking about tech where Welker went, but that ain't a slot receiver anymore. Nope. No. This guy, he's sick, to quote Brian. I'm going to do Brian speak. He's 6017. So he's. He's yeah. a tall six one. He's and, long too, and yeah. two ten as well. So like yeah. this ain't a little guy.
2: Thirty three inch arms. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's got the 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 wingspan. He's
2: got that that jumping ability. I mean, he had a a good vertical, good broad jump at the combine. Didn't run the forty. I, I'm interested to see. I'm trying yeah. to find his forty yard dash. I don't have it in front of me.
1: I, I want to see what it is, uh, Dane Brugler. Uh, of course, sh- Thanks, shame, shameless plug for the Beast. It is out, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, worth your investment. Dane's got him listed at a four five four. Okay,
3: good enough. That's what Burke's runs. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Okay. Mm.
1: So, uh, what's your what's your grade on this guy? Got him in the fourth myself.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm probably right around there. the the forty makes me want to push him a little
1: higher, honestly. But
3: yeah, that's I'm I mean that's a, change
1: it yet again for it's a guy a that 40. size. That's not I thought about it would 40. be slower. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Brian, you alluded to this when we were talking about Justin Ross. I would like to know more about Damari Mathis, the cornerback out of Pitt, Hail to Pitt, Hail to Pitt. Another Senior Bowl guy.
3: Yeah. I. You know what? I, I'll tell you what. I I was surprised I didn't get on this guy earlier. I know there's some people that have him. Had him a little bit higher, and I got the name a little bit late. He'll flip sides as a corner, and I thought at first he was just a boundary guy, which would play into the short side of the field, but he ended up playing on both ends, so that kind of took that out of place. He'll walk down in the slot sometimes, too. He'll play square and press man, and then at the snap, he'll turn and bail. And so you were like, the receiver broke off the route a couple of times, and he was still gaining ground like he was trying to get somewhere in a zone. But when he did line up on the receiver and play man, he was able to stay with this guy. This guy runs really, really well. He doesn't appear like he struggles at all to Mm -hmm. run with receivers. He's super physical in the way he plays. He's always battling the receiver, even after the play. He's one of those chippy guys. I thought he was a good tackler. I thought he, I thought he, uh, he was, wasn't afraid to play off the block and, and get in on that tackle. He'll wrap up in space or he'll trip his guy up. Uh, I wouldn't say there's much of a backpedal there for him because of the way that they're asked to play their technique, but the feet look quick enough. The time speed is excellent at 4-4-1, and I really appreciate how he competes. Would you put him in the slot at the next level? I think he could play there yeah. because I, I like how I like how physical he is, and when you play the slot, you have to be able to go two ways. You you can't just you can't use the boundary, you can't use the sidelines. You have to be able to cover all over the field. 5'11", 196, with that speed, the quickness. Mm-hmm. I think he could play inside and, and and jam up people and run with them. Yeah. He did so many things
2: on the back end of that coverage. I mean, he was playing that wide corner. He he played in the slot a little bit. And then a lot of people even have him tabbed as maybe moving the safety or playing a little bit of safety on Mm -hmm. the back end because he has the athleticism to to go over the top and to be a center field. 5'10", 196. I mean, he could play anywhere pretty much from a secondary standpoint, provide you a couple of options there.
1: I see again, shouting out, Mister Brugler got him as a third round grade. Yeah,
3: I do too. And it's funny, I got a really good group of corners: Bryant from Cincinnati, McCullum from Sam Houston, yeah. Mathis is in there, and then uh, uh, and then Woolen from uh, from San Antonio.
1: Freak I, the freak. I feel like because of what they did last year with Neshon Wright and um, Kelvin Joseph. Outside of like the big big guys, five, I haven't five elevens not on the table. Well, that's a wonderful point too. I I have not, I haven't paid a ton of attention to cornerback because I it's hard to imagine it being a big big pick for this team. Good point. But to your point, yeah, five eleven with what uh, 30, 30 and three quarters inch arms. Mm, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not for this. Team. Not for this team specifically. He'll be a, a starter within a couple of years though. Another name I've heard a lot about. Nick Benito, the edge rusher at Oklahoma. Out of Oklahoma. Boomer sooner. Wow, we're doing this without Jeff.
3: It feels wrong. Feels wrong without that. Kyle, you got any thoughts on him right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was a good
2: edge rusher, very inconsistent throughout his time at, at Oklahoma. And I, I really looked at him while you were watching. Uh, Federian Mathis, or not Federian Mathis, uh Perrion Winfrey. Whenever yeah. you're watching that Oklahoma tape, you kind of look over to the side and you're like, Who's this number eleven? That's that's making a play. But then you would watch him on the next one, he'd get completely washed out. I mean, he was a versatile player, he has the traits, six foot three, two hundred and forty-five pounds, and maybe a little bit over that. I, I think he's quick enough. He's he's got a little bit of bend to him, but Strength-wise, I, I don't know if he's necessarily there yet, and that's one of the reasons why he kind of gets negated on a couple of times off the ball. I have him as a early third-round grade, but nothing really more than that.
3: Yeah, I have him on the back end of the third. And yeah. I, there's, like, the guys I mentioned, Pascal from Kentucky, I had yep. better. I've got to figure out what's going on with these, uh, our Penn State end and our South Carolina end and all that. I mean, that's kind of a... Kind of a muddy position for me right now, but I will say this: I, I people tweet at me all the time. Their mock drafts, mm-hmm. they have this guy in the second round every single time. I think that's PFF because yeah, I yeah, it's, I'm it's doing weird. It's weird. I, I I mean, I've got like seven guys ahead of him. He yeah. seems
1: very well liked by certain parts of the draft community.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody wants to put him at, at that pick for Dallas at fifty-six and. I, I wouldn't put him there myself. No. And I'm I love the way though he's super active. I think he can attack the pocket. He I felt like he does have a little bend to his game. Mm-hmm. He could get off quickly with the first step and get underneath the blocker to make a make the play. But you know, the I, I think that there's times where like I say, the best thing he does is chase the ball. Yep. Everything else you're kinda like going, huh, okay. You know, if you want to, you know, he stands up as a defensive end. He stands up as a linebacker. You know, he worked out at the line, at the Combine as a linebacker. So people obviously feel like that That maybe is where he's at. But I, I, I felt like if you're going to play this guy at the end, there's going to be probably five, six guys better for me. So I've had him in the back end of the third. And like, again, you folks that mock draft him every time to me at the second, I don't make a comment about it but I see it every damn time.
1: I see it. I disagree with it. <laughs> yeah. keeps keep sending us I your mean, mock drafts. Yeah. We love it. No, I mean, he's
3: I do a... love the mock draft, but it, it's just there's some there's sometimes I would have to comment about it every single time.
2: Yeah. He's know? he's one of those guys that wins with speed, yeah. and that's about it. That's about it. 4-5-40, uh, I mean, he's got bend, but if, if you're asking him to
1: over-muscle or out-muscle a guy at the line of scrimmage, it's not going to happen gonna wrap this up with a linebacker out of Penn State ah. it worked pretty well last year Brandon Smith tell me more
2: very volatile aggressive athletic and all of those things kind of combine to put him a little out of control at times on tape he's in the wrong spot a couple different times but he's long he's speedy he can fit well in a sub sub-pack- package maybe a nickel roll I-, I think his best thing is covering. Maybe not necessarily running downhill is the best way.
3: You know, I I think there's things where he's, you know, there's a couple things with him as a tackler. Mm -hmm. He's either going to make the tackle or the ball carrier is just going to bounce off him for extra yards. Mm. There's no, I mean, there's no great finish. And I do respect the way he throws his body around, but he's super reckless the way he plays. And that's a concern. And I, I wouldn't say his instincts are the absolute best. I kind of feel like there are things that he misses when the ball, you know, when the the ball goes a direction, he's still kind of like trying to find it. Recognition. Recognition I don't think is all that great. I I, I do think there's – his technique could be all over the place, and he always doesn't get off the block. So, but man, he's 6'4", he's two fifty, and you know, I mean, you're gonna have probably somebody's gonna find a spot for him. But there's a lot of things that you would say, man, I'm not really overly excited about him as a player. Do you think he
2: shies away from contact too much as the as a linebacker?
3: No, I mean, I like I said, I I thought he was reckless. I mean, I, yeah. he'll throw his body in there, and but I don't know if he's gonna make the tackle. He's I think, not
2: foundationally sound. Yeah, I mean, it's
3: like he's not wrapping up. He's yeah. guys are bouncing off him. He's bouncing off ball carriers. I mean, he there's 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 things that are going to be like people are going to say they're going to fall in love with the measurables on this kid, but I don't know if they're going to get the best instincts and the best finish out of this kid.
1: Gotta say, uh, you sold me a lot harder on Demarco Jackson. Like bring yeah. get Honestly, him on my team.
3: Yeah.
2: I I have Brandon Smith higher because of the traits and because of ah. some of the speed that he has. However, I would probably be more inclined to take a Demarco Jackson at 88 than I
1: would take like a Brandon Smith at 56. Fair enough. That'll do it for another edition of Tell Me More, guys. We are we're getting there, man. We yeah. are creeping toward the NFL draft. It is three no, weeks it's, it's from a, today. It's, it's
3: a dead-on sprint right now. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, fair. We're.
3: It, <laughs> it feels like it's just it,
1: It's the 40-yard dash. It in all terms. at once feels. Like it's right around the corner and like it'll never get here. No, oh, yeah. no.
3: You're going to wake up one day and it's going to be the draft. And you're going to know you're going to have to work uh, 18 straight hours. we wearing ties? First day. Okay. Well, but I won't be with you.
1: Oh, that's right. You I will be on 105.3. I'll, yeah, the I'll wear it with you. All yeah. right. I appreciate first day, that.
3: First day wear your tie and then wear your uh, draft, draft show. Oh, I forgot the pull will. Saw.
1: We will get all of our ducks in a row on. as yeah. we get closer. This has been the draft show for Kyle and Brian. I'm Dave. We'll be with you all next week. Thanks for listening.